A Hero's Journey is a podcast filled with spoilers. We recommend reading the book each week before you listen, but we trust you to make your own decision. Hi, and welcome to A Hero's Journey, a literary podcast. I'm your host and judge, Jack, and I'm here with my number one fans of Dumbledore's Not Dead, circa 2006. This is Alex. And I'm Zach. Each week, we look at a different book through Joseph Campbell's monomyth. This week on A Hero's Journey, we're discussing Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince, the sixth book in the series. This, This book starts out with Harry receiving a letter from Dumbledore saying that he will be picked up and taken to the burrow. And Dumbledore quickly does that, taking a quick pit stop to recruit a new teacher for Hogwarts. As Harry and Ron and Hermione all return to Hogwarts, they find out that the teacher that Harry stopped by is not going to be taking the Defense Against the Dark Arts position as assumed, but is in fact going to teach potions and Snape has taken the Defense Against the Dark Arts position. Throughout this school year, Harry takes lessons with Dumbledore to learn about Voldemort's past. He also tries to figure out what Malfoy is planning or plotting uh, at the school, and he continues to be suspicious of Snape. The book ends with Harry and Dumbledore going and retrieving one of the horcruxes that Voldemort has made to keep him alive and returning to Hogwarts, where Snape kills Dumbledore and flees the castle, finally revealing that he is the Half-Blood Prince, and he is the one who has been giving Harry potion lessons through his old potions book. And we begin where all truly fantastic Harry Potter movies begin, with waiting for a train and flirting with a waitress. Or in this case, waiting for an old man. Yeah, that's always been a weird choice for me. I, I don't know why they did that to start this movie. But anyway, Harry's journey this week is to destroy a horcrux. That's his goal that him and Dumbledore are working towards. And I can't think of a better journey for Harry during this book. Harry's, you can? Yeah. What is it? Not doing the thing he's already done like four years ago. Hmm, Good point. Good point. (laughs) So Harry's call to adventure is receiving... Dumbledore's letter telling him that he's going to be picked up and taken to the borough. And Harry refuses this call almost immediately by thinking that this is a fluke, this is a trick, this is a lie, and not tracking or preparing for Dumbledore to come at all. He didn't even tell the, um, the Dursleys that he was coming, that Dumbledore was coming. For our meeting with the mentor, this is Dumbledore Finally, finally, this is Dumbledore. Harry has a quote about this where he says he's always felt he's sat in across the desk from Dumbledore and now the desk is gone. There's no desk between them and they can have a real conversation and mentoring can occur. For crossing the threshold, this is Harry sneaking into Malfoy's carriage. He's doing something a little bit dangerous, trying to sneak in, listen to Malfoy's plots or assumed plots and uh 
you know, he's going back into Hogwarts during this, going on the train into this world of adventure. Um, and finally, for our belly of the whale, I think that this is the first lesson with Dumbledore where Harry gets to learn about Voldemort's past. This is where Dumbledore is going to introduce the Horcruxes and the lessons are the important thing to teach Harry what the Horcruxes are and how he might be able to find them later. So I think the first lesson is a really good entry point into this. Yeah, I think your journey while um, a bit interesting because it's definitely the point of part of this book is a little strange to me because Harry's already destroyed a Horcrux in book two. Uh, he didn't know it, but it's something he already accomplished kind of passively. So I think it's interesting that he now has to spend a whole book uh, with it as its primary goal, but um, that's neither here nor there, I suppose. Uh, the call to adventure I'm fine with, you know, this isn't something that Dumbledore often or, and, you know, does for Harry. Um, I think he's written him notes before, but not any particular long letters. Uh, although in the first book, he got a whole bunch of letters from Dumbledore all at once. I think you guys will remember. Um, it's different. And those are from McGonagall. Yeah, but she, he pays her and therefore everything she does is actually Dumbledore. Um, is that what side of the capitalism argument Zach's on? <laughs> you can't see me, but I'm squinting really hard at that. That's... <laughs> For refusal of the call, uh, I think this is a little shallow because once Dumbledore actually shows up, there's no hesitation. He's not really refusing the journey. He just doesn't actually think it's going to happen, right? As soon as it, he realizes this is an actual thing that's going on, he hops right on board. Um, but he's been gaslit a lot by uh, Daddy Dumbledore before, so I don't really blame him from just thinking it's not really going to happen. Yeah, well, but that's I, over now. Dumbledore is doing no more gaslighting here. He has the whole truth. And nothing about the funny. truth. That, that's kind of the point of the refusal of the call, though, Zach. He's refusing it. He's refusing to believe that the journey is going to happen. I'm inclined to agree with him on that front. No, I think the difference is that I like to see the refusal of the call being, you know, I do not want to do this adventure. I do not want to go on this adventure, not this adventure doesn't exist, I think is the delineator for me as opposed to like, I see it, it's, it's right in front of me. I could immediately say yes, and we could go on this trip together or do this adventure, but I'm choosing that right now, it's not the right time for me um, as opposed to this isn't even happening. That's what Harry is doing. Essentially, he's saying, well, I could choose that to go on this adventure. I could choose to pack and get ready for Darbordo to come. But I'm choosing not to do that. I'm choosing not to believe this is going to happen and that I'm not going to go on this journey. Yeah, I think we're arguing about different things. But I'm saying that he, he's not uh, arguing. He's not saying he doesn't want to go on the adventure. He's saying the adventure is not going to happen. Whereas I like people saying I'm not going. I see the adventure. I know what was going to happen with or without me, but I'm choosing not to do it. I, I understand. The, the point you're trying to make, Zach, I don't think it's as important to me as it is to you. I'm fine with this as a refusal. It is ultimately still not for the reasons that we think of traditionally, I'll give you, but it is still very much Harry going, eh. eh. Now, for the meeting of the mentor, I, I don't really have any problem with that. We've been trying to get Dumbledore for... Um, Six books, I know, five books now, I guess. And uh, to finally have him be the mentors. A-OK -okay by me. So I 
I know that normally we don't allow future knowledge in our discussions, but this is Harry Potter, so I, I feel like we should address it here. Alex, you normally have a problem with abusive mentors who are leaving their mentees to die uh, in horrible circumstances. And that's kind of Dumbledore's whole MO. <laughs> Well, Dumbledore believes uh, correctly, it turns out, that Harry won't actually die if the plan goes according to plan, but that plan can only go according to plan if Harry doesn't know that that's the plan. Did that make sense? It probably didn't. I said plan like eight that, times. That, that, <laughs> that it kind of makes sense, but I'd like to point out that uh, that's a delusion of Harry's dying brain, and the only accurate memory that we have is Snape's where Dumbledore very much said to Snape uh yeah he's gonna die son and then a partially dead Harry speaks to a ghost I'm doing air quotes here that tells him what he wants to hear about everything well we can discuss this more on the uh (laughs) next week's podcast but for right now I'm going to continue to believe what I said that that was actually Dumbledore Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Then I, 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 I happily award this point to the raging psychopath who is mentoring this unsupervised child with no solid father figures. So for the crossing the threshold, then, <laughs> I really don't like this particular one. The sneaking into Malfoy's carriage. Uh, this is something that I'm going to break down all the ways that this isn't a departure from uh, what Harry is used to. He's familiar with the carriages to get into Hogwarts. He's uh, familiar with Malfoy, Malfoy's friends and family. He's familiar with Hogwarts and the adventure getting Hogwarts. He's very familiar with sneaking around and, and disguising himself um, and hiding away. So, and what is this a real departure from? I mean, he's already treating Malfoy as pretty much up until this point as an antagonistic enemy so why is what he's doing now any different than harry's general mo look man it's hard to come up with a way that hogwarts is still crossing the threshold when we're doing it for the sixth time i just let me try (laughs) systematically dismantle so we can move on you know i thinking about it it's actually weirder that he doesn't get super suspicious of malfoy throughout all of book five for shit it's not till this book that he's like, what if he's a full Death Eater? Even though it's only been, the only difference is his dad's arrested now. I'm sure there's no children Death Eaters. It's, I know that you're not meant to like judge a family by its sin, the sins of the father and all that jazz. But when it turns out that the dad was in a cult and the mom was also in that cult and maybe just got off on a technicality, uh, Maybe you don't let the kid come back to school. Maybe he gets like homeschooled or something. All right. So for our belly of the whale, uh, Harry has been getting um, both desired and undesired uh, lessons in Voldemort's past his literal entire life. Um, So I don't think this sort of information that Dumbledore is sharing him is and again, anything different than normal. Like he's, they, there was no way for, for Harry to really turn back uh, before book one started, right? Voldemort's- I don't think you believe this, this information about the past. Harry has learned like four things about Voldemort. One, 
Voldemort killed his parents. Two, Voldemort tried to kill him. Three, Voldemort went to Hogwarts at one point. And that's like it. Like every- And four, that he's Tom Riddle and that he got to speak to him through a book for like a whole year. And that, that said he, he went to parcel- Hogwarts at one point. And that he was spoke Parseltown and that he uh his react interactions with Sirius Black and Rat Boy and uh that's not his personality though that's what the lessons that Dumbledore is doing are teaching him this is what Voldemort's personality is this is what matters to him so that's going to help Harry find the horcruxes right because you know uh Dumbledore teaches him a bunch of really relevant information that's ultimately incredibly important to Harry finding that horcruxes things like all of the kills were significant all of the even though two of them were just bums uh yeah and as far as a commitment level goes it doesn't seem like these lessons heighten harry's commitment level right he's he's pretty on board with the down with he who shall not be named train um but this uh, this specifically gives him the quest of i need to kill the horcrux it's not i'm just gonna fight Voldemort. that's like it's not specific enough. This, this I'm going to look after and destroy Horcruxes is much more specific in my mind. I, I am inclined to agree with Alex as much as I'm mocking Dumbledore and a bunch of the definitions of this quest when it comes to that all of that info. Uh, as part of these lessons, especially the first one. No, actually, the first one doesn't teach him about Horcruxes. I take it back. I think I think the belly of the whale is when he finally has the lesson where Horcruxes are explained to him, because that does what Alex is talking about. That really puts us into the realm where Harry can't. Not that he could turn back for other reasons, because Voldemort was going to hunt him, but this puts him into. I don't. Know, he's picked. He's actually picked up the quest. It's not just the big bad lurking. He's got the final quest, but that happens way later doesn't it i'm trying to remember it's been three or four weeks since i read this it happens much what what happens much later that horcruxes are actually explained it happens after he gets the slughorn memory so that doesn't fit great with our normal idea of the belly of the whale this is sort of the uh, the first lesson is sort of our prelude it's harry dipping his toes in not realizing that it's uh, an open maw beneath. Yeah, I don't have a better place. That's why I picked this one. Yeah, I don't think the admittance of I don't think this mediocrity for me. Uh, That is going to bring us to a close on our departure with a rather low score for a Harry Potter book with three out of five. uh, We had a solid opening and sort of a shaky middle half, but in Alex's defense, it's a Harry Potter novel. Like, yeah. Also, it's our last one set at Hogwarts. A solid two thirds of this book are kind of unrelated to the quest. Last one set in Hogwarts, my ass. A whole bunch of people die in Hogwarts. The last one with Hogwarts is its primary setting. Flying in to our final season of Quidditch. 
where we deal with problems such as trying to get our leg over on our friend's sister and our true, true love being obsessed with Malfoy, we come to our initiation. That's quite right, Jack. For Harry's road of trials, I think you highlighted two of the three big things for him. Dealing with social issues of being a teenager, being a Quidditch captain and having that responsibility and trying to date his friend's sister who is already dating another one of his friends. I don't know. He never talks to Dean that much, but I would assume they are friends. Um, that is one of Harry's road of trials. The second is continuing to look over and obsess over Malfoy and what he's doing and trying to figure out what he is plotting. And the third is what I kind of already alluded to, the memories. Finding, more, finding out more about Voldemort so he can learn and succeed on the quest is his third trial. For a meeting with the higher power, we're going straight back to the memories and looking to Slughorn here. Slughorn giving Harry the memory is the meeting with the higher power. Slughorn has the information that Harry needs and gives it to him mostly willingly. Um, for our temptress here, I think it's to focus only on Malfoy to the detriment of the other tasks. And it's kind of evident that this is happening. Harry almost misses a Quidditch match. And because he's so focused on Malfoy, Harry continuously forgets to do the things that Dumbledore is asking, like go and get the memory from Slughorn. For an atonement with the creator, I think that this is the fight with Snape after, after Dumbledore has been killed, where Harry realizes that Snape has betrayed the whole order of the phoenix that he is actually evil and aligned with Voldemort, and that he's the half-blood prince that he's been the one tutoring harry that harry has felt a connection with all year through his potions book for the apotheosis the this is realizing that malfoy has succeeded and that dumbledore has died harry doesn't really believe it until he sees the body but at that point, the realization comes to him. For our ultimate boon, we have to go back a little bit to when Harry gets the locket. That was his goal here to destroy uh, Horcrux. This is as close as we get. He's able to defeat the. Um, he's able to defeat the blocks at the Horcrux and is able to get it. Just as unfortunate that the locket turns out to. To not actually be the horcrux. So for a road of trials, I think the social issues that you've delineated um, between Ginny and Quidditch, the Quidditch one don't really buy, right? Harry's been playing on the team and kind of been the star Quidditch player since year one. So I think that although he's got the added responsibility of captain, I don't think it really is weighing on him when you're comparing it to the uh, either the social challenge of love, which again, we're going to talk about why that's a little flawed in a second, or when you compare it to the fact that there's like nearly immortal supervillain who's trying to kill you and everything you've ever loved, um, or that your school principal slash mentor is taking you around and trying to uh, get you in very dangerous situations. Uh, lots, of, lots of bad stuff happening to Harry right now. Uh, Alex, how do these outside of the memories actually relate to our quest? Um, well, Harry still has to be a person and live his life. <laughs> he he can't just do the quest thing yet. That's for the next book. He's got to be uh, a person too. We don't know about next books. 
Yeah. I, I think Harry would have been way more productive if he'd spent his time. Name, name something relevant that Harry learns that helps him in the future. In these quests. In this quest. Um, agreed. Harry's obsession with Malfoy tells him where the room of hidden things are and throwing up Ravenclaw's... He already knows where the room of hidden things is. Yeah, but not this specific thing that that he finds the, the diadem. That's the and that's just the journal of the half blood prince. It's not his obsession with Malfoy so much. He would he could have sect him separate anyone. Yeah, but he was obsessed with Malfoy. He followed him into the bathroom and then he sepulchred him. Uh, but actually, that sounds like a I gotta say, actually, uh, we don't know about future books, Alex. So he erased that rule from Harry Potter specifically. What uh? What um? What what does he find in the in the room where things are hidden that that you feel is so relevant? I mean, there was that weird cage full of live uh, live animals. Is is that a Horcrux? Do you think? Speculating. This this is you can't just switch the rules like this on me, Jack. I didn't switch the rules. You set these rules. That's uh, that's fair. I mean, nothing. These don't have anything to do with the the rest of the quest. All right, we can move on. Wunderbar. I do think they're decent trials if this book was just, uh, it, right, if we were doing the, the journey of the book rather than the one that you've done, right, just the ultimate boon is surviving another year, question mark. <laughs> That's not fun to talk about, though. No. <laughs> All right, for the meaning of the higher power, Slughorn giving Harry the memory um, is... You, you're talking about how the memory is what imparts on him. So it's almost like a transitive sort of thing. Is Slughorn the higher power or is the memory the higher power? Slughorn is the higher power and the gift is the book. The memory, excuse me. And the, but the, mem- and the memory is what gives him the insight to the thing that's ultimately not relevant. Uh, yeah, but it's relevant to this quest. All right, so for the Temptress then, we're seeing that if he hadn't focused on Malfoy, then Dumbledore might not be dead. Is that the, the detriment that the temptation caused? Because he falls to it. You, you know that that's not what that means. He, he falls to the temptation. He's focusing on Malfoy, the book, as you've stressed, and not ignoring that impulse is what ends up, not to a small part, getting Dumbledore killed. What? No? That's not... No? I mean, I guess, I guess within the confines of the book, from what we currently know at the end of this book, if Harry had kept his obsession going even deeper and foiled Mountain proven to Dumbledore beforehand... They would have stopped it, and then yeah. Dumbledore wouldn't have died, but then Snape would still be evil and working in the house of Dumbledore. So 50-50, they out a traitor, they lose Dumbledore. Either way, I think it is the temptation from the... I think it, even though Harry falls to it, it is the, it is the temptation, right? It, if his goal should be focusing on 
horcruxes his life is filled with temptations and the most prevalent one either has red hair or is malfoy in a skimpy outfit as zach writes when was the last time we had a temptation that the person fell for it uh a while drugs in the standalone first law novel for the atonement of the creator your fight with snape i like everything about it i think it's both fitting for the book for the story of harry potter up to this point just really kind of hits home really like it uh for the apotheosis though um the realization that malfoy has succeeded and that dumbledore is dead Seems to kind of slap me in the face of what we were just talking about, about how had he actually paid more attention to Malphite, then Dumbledore wouldn't be dead. You said Malphite. It's beautiful. I said Malphite this time. I did. Fuck you. I wasn't saying that. I wasn't going to say Malphite. <laughs> Look, it, Harry does focus on Malphite. When he leaves, what does he do? Do you remember what he does when he's leaving to go with Dumbledore? No, he tells Ron and Hermione to look at Malfoy, that he's in a room of requirement to guard it, and he gives them the Felix, uh, the luck potion. The realization is that he failed as the apotheosis? I mean, the real realization is he convinces himself briefly that if anyone could have survived, it's Dumbledore, and it's not until he goes and sees the body that it sinks in for him that he's failed, Dumbledore is dead. And then I, it, it's not a great apotheosis, mostly, right, that Snape really has betrayed them is another apotheosis. It comes a little out of order with our tone with the creator. But on, on a technicality sense, the fact that Dumbledore is dead because Harry goes into denial, it, it is a realization. It's not my favorite, but it, it, it fits. All right, well, we'll move to the ultimate boon then, if you're going to say it fits, because I know that the ultimate boon doesn't fit. We've, uh, on a very lighthearted level, we've traded a locket for what is considered the most powerful wizard in the world to fight against the great evil, so that's cool. Um, and then we realized that the locket's just trash garbage and doesn't matter. So we didn't actually accomplish what we set out to accomplish. And we have no future knowledge. Yep. In that case, yep. But we threw out the rule for the Harry Potter books. We didn't in other places. <laughs> I risked my point. Uh, case accepted. A point not awarded. Gavel banging. Um, what's, the, what's that pro ZD line where he keeps going, I'll get to the point in his little fandom thing? Anyway. I think he got the point. Yeah, I think that's I true. think you like my hat. <laughs> um, <clears throat> that is going to bring us to a close on our initiation with uh, just the book ends missing. No road of trials awarded. And no ultimate boon, which means that Harry is a failure and we should all ridicule him and J.K. Rowling by extension. Uh, watching your mentor slowly fall from the tower in slow motion as the light is drained from his eyes and his phoenix laments, knowing that truly he is dead. We come to our return.
Yes, this is going to be a tough one, boys, because uh, we're going to have to do some time jumping. So our refusal of the return is after Harry and Dumbledore have gotten the locket. Harry tries to fill the cup for Dumbledore and continuously tries to fill the cup and can't ever do it. Uh, not really accepting that they've got what they came for and they could just kind of leave now. Um, so that's why it's a refusal. So for the magical flight, it's the apparition to Hogwarts and the flight into Hogwarts where um, that is not something that you can usually do. It's only because Dumbledore is there and breaking the protective charms that Harry is able to do it. From our rescue from without, we're going back again. And this is Dumbledore saving Harry from the Inferi uh, with the fire that Harry cannot remember for the life of him what to do. Um, or crossing the return threshold, this is Harry returning to Hogwarts with Dumbledore, and he's able to share the information, even though the locket is a fake, he's able to share the information about the Horcruxes and where the locket might be with Ron and Hermione. Uh, and finally, for our freedom to live, because Harry doesn't master two worlds here, um, Harry is free from some bonds and able to go fight Voldemort without the attachments to the school. Um, Harry no longer thinks that he's going to go back to the school. He doesn't have a strong reason to because Voldemort has given him a quest and he must go out aside and do it. And awkwardly, Harry breaks up with Ginny. I don't know how that's supposed to help save her, but that's another thing he does to free himself from bonds to the school so we can go hunt Voldemort and the Horcruxes. Because remember, guys, breaking up with your significant other terminates all emotional feelings. Yeah, and it also makes her not a target anymore, despite the fact that Voldemort already knows that one All of the Weasleys are the family. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why they were just torturing all of them all the time. Uh, for the refusal to return, uh, I have a hard time necessarily quantifying why I hate this so much, but it, it happens, A, predating it, which we've accepted on occasion before, but his intention is not to delay returning from the quest. It is simply to try to save somebody, right? It's not him refusing to... He would love if he didn't have to do this. It's not like, oh, I want to stay here in this dangerous place where the, where the... It's all scary. But instead, he has to do the same to try to save his mentor. Um, he, again, does prove successful in air quotes, uh, only to be... Um, proven unsuccessful later so that's my particular reason for not liking this refusal i mean i especially agree because harry can't apparate and therefore how could he get out without getting dumbledore coherent again yeah that's good i didn't think about that mm. he would have died shortly thereafter <laughs> for the magical flight the apparition that it so my primary problem with it is that they're not actually uh, returning to, like the magical flight isn't actually happening to the place that we said. But if yeah. we're trying, to, if we're trying to to talk about Dumbledore's inherent like genetic coding to the magic of the school, sure. Um, which if we're gonna go into that logic, I don't know why he just didn't put a ton more fail states on the school so that like he was like a level 30 wizard in his uh, lair with a bunch of lair actions. Yeah, you'd think so. But I mean, 
planning to die, but we don't know that. Um, yeah, we don't know that. And then... But Harry couldn't save himself from either situation, so I'm okay with the magical flight to rescue. Okay, yeah, I, I had no particular problem with the, with the rescue from without. Um, we can't cross the return threshold to Hogwarts because Hogwarts is the where the journey takes place for 99% of the story and it's the starting point of the journey. It's pretty much the everything of the journey is is Hogwarts in this particular book and so it can't be the crossing. Yeah. Uh, other moments I could maybe think of require a little maybe maybe we're too biased with our foreknowledge of the fact that Harry I mean he says he's not coming back so perhaps crossing the return threshold is leaving Hogwarts knowing that he's not coming back. I could buy that. That makes more sense, actually, now that you're, you're saying that. I like it better. Uh, and we all agree that there's no Master Two Worlds of Freedom to live because uh, he got a lot to do still, Mr. HP, good old steak sauce himself. Yeah, I'm fine with that as our closing uh, sentiment of this arc. <laughs> Steak sauce himself has got work to do. <sighs> There's that rumor that she, that's how she named it was because she was writing it in a cafe, but I don't buy it. Yeah. Uh, that's going to close us out on our return with uh, our refusal, Master of Two Worlds and Freedom to Live missing, leaving us with a final score of 10 out of 17. I think making this the first and likely only Harry Potter book that will not get a modern hero stamp from us harry just didn't quite make it this time he's got too many flaws that is insane to me but also i totally agree <laughs> if there was if there was any book that was going to hit it it would be this one or maybe the third one but yes. we found the third one they accomplished their goal so that's kind of why it gets there oh and also hermione was a hero of that book if you don't know what i'm talking about definitely go back and listen go to that episode because it was great <laughs> but yeah that is gonna bring us right on into our closing thoughts um i will say that the only problem i found with our new format so far is that when we talk about the same book series back to back and it's something like harry potter i don't know how many closing thoughts i'm gonna have because they're not as I, I, I gave you my closing thoughts on coming back to Harry Potter last time. You've gotten it a bunch of other times, specifically for the sixth book. It's weird that Harry gets so sexual. I guess it was coming, but there's a lot of romance here that we don't talk about. Everyone knows it. We're all a little biased from movie Harry and Ginny having like zero chemistry. It works better in the book. As a kid, I remember, as like a teenager going through puberty, I remember liking that it was here. As an adult, we're reading these, I kind of go, eh. So kind of like Jack said, I don't have a lot of personal, uh, well, kind of like Jack said, I don't have a lot of stuff to say about Harry Potter because especially this one, I, I'm very colored by the movie and I don't like this movie at all. Um, but one thing I do remember about this specific book, this was the second of the midnight releases I went to. So I went to five and then six. And I remember seeing one of my science teachers there dressed up in a, a witch costume with a, 
a button saying is Snape good or evil? And I don't remember which one she had on, but I think this that was the first time I realized, oh my God, Harry Potter is huge. It's not just something I like, it's something everyone likes. So that was a cool memory for me. Yeah, I liked this book when it was released as a kid. Um, I don't have the same sort of picking it up at midnight. I remember I went and got it at midnight, but it does it doesn't stand out to me like when I picked up book seven um, from I think Target. Yeah, book seven was like I totally got it at Target. Um, but I like. It seems like it's suffering from middle child syndrome because it's the penultimate book. It just has to set up a lot of things that she wanted to accomplish in book six that if she hadn't laid the groundwork, I mean, sorry, a lot of things she wanted to accomplish in book seven that if she hadn't laid the groundwork for now wouldn't have made a ton of sense or book seven would have been massive. So I appreciate what she did here. It's just there are certain aspects of the story, like Jack had mentioned, that for its being at Hogwarts, somewhat diluted its things are about to get real vibes that we really play heavily into uh, in book seven. And so I would have much preferred maybe he leave Hogwarts halfway through the book or like gotten to Hogwarts and immediately have to leave uh, again for some reason. Uh, but I understand that Hogwarts had to be the setting for some of the some of the more Voldemort backstory setting things that we get later. So overall, I'd give it a six out of seven. Thank you so much for joining us. If you enjoy Hero's Journey as much as we love doing it, don't forget to leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts from. If you listen to us on Spotify, don't forget to answer the questions that we post there. And don't forget to reach out to us on Twitter at A underscore Heroes underscore Journey. As always, I've been your host and judge, Jack. This is Alex. And I'm Zach. And join us next week as we get to Harry Potter 7 and wrap up this childhood beloved series. Yay! Oh, thank you. Um, <clears throat> I'm not done with my trial. You don't need to go any farther, Zach. No, Alex has answered the most important question. There's two other trials. I know, but Alex hasn't actually answered the relevant question. You didn't ask it. <laughs>